When will the true killer of Sarah be revealed? When will Maceo's wife Katana reveal her wilder side? And what role can Roy now play in future vigilanteism? And will Diggle and Laurel accept this? And will Chris O'Neill ever forgive Arrow writers for not giving John Diggle nunchucks, but including a boxing glove arrow in this show? To possibly discuss all these questions and more, please stay tuned for this episode of the little podcast we like to call Rogue Arrowed. My name is Oliver Queen. After five years in hell, I have come home with only one goal, to save my city. Now others have joined my crusade. To them, I'm Oliver Queen. To the rest of Starling City, I'm someone else. I am something else. Hello and welcome to Season 3, Episode 6 of the Rogue Arrow Podcast. And I cannot fucking believe they let him use a boxing glove arrow. Oh, sorry. I got ahead of myself. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. That Yeah. Well worth the wait. Uh, <laughs> as always, I am Daniel Jaynes. I'm Rudy Schubach. And I'm Chris O'Neill. Yeah. Missing this week is Laurel Mers. Yep. She has, like, family stuff and stuff, I guess. Sure, things. I don't know. She's busy. <laughs> it's late. I'm tired. So, let's just dive right into things. Okay. Uh, yeah, this week's episode is titled Guilty, written by Eric Olson and Kido Shimizu, and directed by Peter Leto. Leto? I don't know. One is of those. Like Leto? Yeah, but and probably Leto. not him. Yes, but probably not. As much as Sure. Now, over to Jeremy for a recap. Hi, this is Jeremy from Melbourne, Australia, with a recap of this week's Episode 6, Season 3 of the CW show Arrow. Tonight's episode is titled Guilty. The episode opens with Ollie, Diggle and a not-quite-with-it-Roy investigating a factory or warehouse where there are about five or ten violent gang members already dead and tied up, and the word guilty was written on the ground in blood. Someone sure is an ultramine vigilante. Flashback to Hong Kong, and whiny Ollie and his minder Maceo are discussing China White. A guy they are watching has the info they need on her. Somehow, the guy they are stalking spots the only beefed-up, long-haired Anglo guy in the otherwise Asian-filled streets of inner Hong Kong, and the chase is on. The guy they are chasing is hit by a car, but he doesn't have the info they need. He must have stashed it somewhere, but where? Back to present day, and a toned-up Laurel is trading jabs with Ted Grant. Roy is told to take a rest by Ollie, and then Roy tells Felicity about his dream of killing Sarah. Ollie is after the vigilante and finds who he's looking for. Only problem is, he's dead, hanging upside down at Ted's boxing gym. Laurel says it couldn't have been Ted, because she's been with him for the past couple of hours. Back in Hong Kong, and Ollie is chatting with Maceo's son, probably the only character more annoying than whingy whiny Ollie. We find out that Amanda Weller will release Maceo from his contract once China White is captured. Maceo's wife Katana doesn't like Ollie and tells him to stay away from her son. She helps him remember if he saw a vital piece of information during the earlier chase. Ollie chases another suspect and finds himself in a fight with Ted Grant. An arrow accidentally lands on a boxing glove, and the best gag in the history of comic book heroes finds its way onto our TV screens when the boxing glove trick arrow is used and knocks Ted down. Ted reveals he used to be a vigilante just like our Ollie. Felicity tells Roy that she performed a virtual autopsy on Sarah's body, and the angle and force of the arrows match Roy's height and Mirakuru's strength, which matches Roy's memory. Ted and Ollie get attacked by a new vigilante. Turns out it was Ted's old partner, or Ted's old Roy, as he puts it. Ted gets arrested by police, as the circumstantial evidence is just too much for them to ignore, but at least Ollie knows it wasn't Ted. Roy tells Diggle, Laurel and Ollie that it was him who killed Sarah. Our gang has a CW moment, as emotions rule the next couple of minutes of screen time. Laurel even says the line, I can't process this right now. Ollie plays Papa Bear and gets Laurel's mind back on dealing with who set up Ted. Laurel speaks to a locked up Ted and he reveals the killer is Ted's old apprentice, Isaac Stanzler. After Isaac went too far six years ago, Ted cut him loose. Now Diggle suggests Ollie that he cuts Roy loose. Laurel takes Ted away from the police station and approximately five seconds later, Isaac abducts them both. 
In an exposition-filled drive, conveniently relayed via mobile phone to the Arrow Cave, Diggle and Ollie combine to try and take Isaac down. But it's Roy who takes down Isaac with some unnecessary flips and shit, and he uses a controlled amount of rage to take out Isaac. Ollie again asks Ted to stay away from Laurel. Ted says that this was a decision for Laurel. I'm thinking a good decision would be for Laurel to fight a crime in a bikini, but we don't always get what we want. Roy tells Ollie he's going to turn himself in for Sarah's murder. Ollie uses his newly retconned ability for memory remembering meditation to show Roy that it wasn't him who killed Sarah, but in fact he did kill a policeman while jacked up on Mirakuru. As our episode finishes, Hong Kong Winji Ollie finds the info and photoshops it to reveal they are looking for a new character Lee Kwon Hui. Laurel returns to the gym and spouts some more CW-approved lines. Basically, she's back in the game. And our final scene reveals a new villainess. And while her character is based on probably the most famous archer character in the history of man, yet another character using bow and arrow is enough for me to go, ugh. So that, of course, leaves us with some questions, such as, when will the true killer of Sarah be revealed? When will Maceo's wife Katana reveal her wilder side? And what role can Roy now play in future vigilanteism? And will Diggle and Laurel accept this? And will Chris O'Neill ever forgive Arrow writers for not giving John Diggle nunchucks, but including a boxing glove arrow in this show? To possibly discuss all these questions and more, please stay tuned for this episode of the little podcast we like to call Rogue Arrowed. Guilty. Well, yeah. The Culebras are the bloodiest gang in Starling. Who's the second bloodiest? Culebras have a long-standing rivalry with the Los Alcones. Which said this was personal, not business. And Paco? There are only 86,000 Pacos in Starling, give or take 5,000 for a few nicknames. Something tells me the Culebras' long-standing rivals will narrow that down for us. You know, when we find Paco, he'll be too dead to say anything. I'm not looking for him. I'm looking for whoever did this. I will handle this. Take the rest of the night. I'll back you up. Not dead on your feet, you won't. I'm sorry. I know I've been a little out of it recently. Don't be sorry. Be rested. I wouldn't be much of a teacher if I let you get killed because your reaction time is slow. Okay? Dick. Well, there are a lot of Halcona's members in Starling City. How about I take the ones north of 10th Street? All right. Uh, just a quick side note. Um, have been having a bit of trouble with iTunes recently, so the feed's been... All sorts of like not there. Uh, in uh in 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 the iTunes store. So I am working on that. Uh if you normally get your feed through iTunes and you have found this another way, I am aware of the problem and I am working on it. It's in the words of Jeremy from Mel- Melbourne, uh it's being a bit dodgy. Yes. So uh yeah, also thanks for hunting down another way to listen to this podcast. Yeah, we appreciate your tenacity. Sweet. All right, now into the show. Uh, what kind of plots did we have? Let's start uh, with the flashback. The, yeah, the flashback was kind of dumb. Because <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's. I mean, I think I think that the uh, 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 sometimes when they do the flashback thing, they they try so hard to tie it into something that is pertinent in the episode, and this time it felt like such like a small part of the episode that right. he he could have just, they they didn't need to show us him getting that skill. He could have just had it. It could have been one of those things where he's like, oh yeah, no, this is just meditation. I know how to meditate. Don't ask mm-hmm. how. Don't worry about it. I'm all over King Queen. Um, <laughs> I'm the fucking arrow. I can meditate. I can meditate. Yeah, my problem with it was that it's pretty much exactly what we saw a few episodes ago, where he goes through and kills somebody, except instead of killing somebody, he has to follow somebody, and it goes badly. So yeah. it's it's literally something we've seen this season. And... The only point for it is to have that little tiny bit of plot that doesn't really matter. It's so that later Roy can have a candle and go, this is weird. Yeah. And that almost just about made it worth it. Yeah. I mean, as far as the connection go, it felt okay. It didn't feel forced or anything. So that was good, I guess. 
but Jeremy was right though. Like, Ollie stood out in the crowd like crazy. Oh yeah. The only white guy in an area is not going yeah, to be able I mean, to be inconspicuous. That's sort of a big plot hole to begin with, where it's like we need you to be able to shadow people and kill people without being noticed in China. You giant muscular blonde haired freak. Yeah. 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 But I mean, um, suspension of disbelief because he's got to get that training somewhere, and why not in China? I guess maybe. It's a simple fix, though. Just have like more white extras wandering around as well. Yeah, I guess. Make. And people would be like, it doesn't look like King Hong Kong because there's too many white people around. That's true. It's a damned if you do, damned if you don't moment. Yeah. Whatever. How about don't set it in China? It's like that scene at the end of Snatch. Do you have anything to declare? Don't go to London. Good movie. Great movie. All right. Um, do we have other side plots? I mean, we don't have... I guess Roy's is the next Roy's one. Roy's is the side plot, yeah, but it's yeah. so like there's four scenes and there's talkiness. This was this this episode was really good at being on point for its main storyline. Right. Yeah. yeah. So let's let's talk through Roy real quick, see if there's anything interesting over there. Roy tells Felicity that he had a dream that he killed Sarah and te- had her test him for Mirakuru leftovers. And she was like, you don't have any Miraku leftovers, but you did kill Sarah. And Roy then immediately goes into freaked out panic mode. And I don't blame him. No. Um, and then yeah. Oliver's like, no, you didn't. You're fine. Don't worry about it. And that was it. That's the whole storyline. That's pretty well wrapped up, actually. That's almost essentially what happened. Yep. Like, he seemed, like Felicity seemed to jump to that conclusion real quick. Mm-hmm. It's like when someone goes, oh, I googled, like, the symptoms of this certain form of cancer. I must have it because I've got the symptoms that I read on Google. Yeah, like, this cancer a- causes I- coughing and headaches. I think I have cancer. Yeah, well, that's obviously true. So we should probably get you into uh, chemotherapy tomorrow. Right. I mean, yeah, there's, there's two things pointing towards this solution. And... There's definitely other circumstances that could be involved. But yeah, we're just going to focus on these two bits of evidence. However, that doesn't... Well, the one thing it doesn't rectify is... Okay. So the things that Felicity say during her digital autopsy, which, by the way, cracks me up because it's like, it so wants to be bones, but it's not. Yeah. The things that we learn from the digital autopsy are it doesn't have a, 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 a wound style that is consistent with a typical bow and arrow and that the arrows were being uh, were penetrating at an angle that does not constitute an average height archer. So we're looking at someone who is short and potentially throwing arrows with Mirakuru strength or potentially using a different kind of bow and arrow. I just want to throw it out there. Roy's not actually that short. He's five foot nine. Well, but but we're saying that like when you draw a bow and arrow, you're shooting from shoulder height. If you're throwing arrows, you're throwing them from chest or waist height, I think is what the, the point they were trying to make. Oh, okay. That's fair. Well, that would be a tiny archer then. Yeah, okay. Tiny archer like Thea, perhaps? Ooh. No. Uh, who the fuck is Kevin? <laughs> I like that, Rudy. Just, nope. It's not that. No, it's too easy. She's the red herring, easily. Yeah. As was, as was Roy, who is actually red. <laughs> uh, I have a pretty solid theory, but we'll get to that in okay. a right. later all moment. All right. Uh, and maybe next episode. So, okay. Yeah, Roy. I don't know. It was it was okay. I'm liking that they had a good reason for his visions and wrapped it up pretty pretty nicely. Yeah, we shouldn't say any more of that though. Like he he was literally just working out his own shit and his own memories of the Mirakuru. 
So that was good. Um, the scene where he tells everyone that he killed Sarah based Which on two bits of evidence bit, right? and not like, oh, I think I might have killed Sarah because I still have Mirakuru in me. It was, I killed Sarah. I killed her. It was definitely me. Sorry, guys. Yeah. What? Wait, what? <laughs> because I yeah, had actually, a dream that was actually a memory. That, yeah, that's kind of insane. That's like me waking up and being like, well, I dreamed I had sex with Jessica Alba. I had sex with Jessica Alba. What the fuck did I do last night? I must have had sex with Jessica Alba. Oh, well, yeah. that obviously is the only logical choice. Exactly. <laughs> and of course, Sarah's response is, you're not making any sense. You mean... Uh, not well, like... Fuck so, you, or I fucking hate you, oh, or what the oh, hell is your problem? I, you want to know how I find that scene? You're to go? not making any sense. Here's how that scene should have gone. Uh, Roy says I killed Sarah. Laurel says you're not making any sense. Roy walks over to try and comfort her. Laurel punches him right in his fucking face. Yeah. Or more realistically, Roy says, "Uh, I I think I killed Sarah." Laurel says, what? No, you're ridiculous. You're that is stupid. <laughs> Why? Why do you think this? Why makes you think that? Well, I had a dream about it. Yeah, really any Oliver other way that... Because Oliver's like, well, tell me about it. And Felicity goes, well, his, uh, his dreams showed up at the same time as Sarah's death. And also... The forensics evidence says it's possible. Yeah. Or plausible. No, the forensics evidence say that this wasn't Oliver Queen because, you know, he's tall and would have shot her from a normal height with a normal bow. That's basically all that evidence tells you. Fair enough. It says that Roy might have possibly given these three other extraneous circumstances are happen to be true he he might be possible as a suspect but probably not right so i don't well, know so like oh my god i killed the fucking cop and then oh sorry that's later we'll yeah get to it. well no, this, I mean, yeah, it's still yeah. roy so yeah that the, so then at the end of it all, Roy's like, Jesus, I killed a guy. And they're like, yeah, but you were on drugs. It was, no, I got to go. Yeah. Bruce yeah. like, don't ever abandon me. It's like, all right, I won't. I have to be alone right now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I think his, his reaction of like, holy shit, I need to get out of here. I killed someone is reasonable. I can't imagine mm-hmm. I would take someone well. That's true. Yeah, that's totally legit. It, it's just that whole middle part of the the sequence was just really, really yeah off. So we me. have two we have two near near hits, but mostly not hits for the two subplots. Yes. Luckily, the main plot kicked a lot of ass. Yes. Yeah. Which is a good thing. Yeah, because uh, Ted Grant is being framed for a bunch of murders where people are being strung up like body bags or not body bags punching punching, bags. punching bags. there you go that's the one but that seems like a weird mo super weird mo but fitting for a boxer also not fitting for a boxer cuz no boxer would be like yeah i'm going to hang this up so it looks like a boxer did this we did find one wrong moment. Or we did we did miss one decent moment in the in the Roy scene. Yes. Oh. oh, yeah, when he shows up and kicks a lot of ass. Well, no, that's awesome, but that's that's in the main plot. The last thing that happens in the subplot that was actually kind of cool was Roy says to him, um, what's his name said I was just another weapon in your arsenal and then uh, Oliver said well, maybe that's what we should call you. And I was like, oh, and they do it for a while, right? Oh. Yeah, yeah, totally. Super cheesy, but, you know, I love it because comics. I, I, like your, I like your first name better, Robin. Sorry. <laughs> Sledgehammer. I didn't mean to open it. I'm sorry. I apologize. I apologize about that. 
Oh man. So yeah, uh, Ted Grant. Kind of wish we got a little more backstory on him. Uh, I mean, we, we may, got yeah. plenty of backstory. I, I wish we got more about him as a vigilante. We might someday. He's obviously still in the picture. Yeah, I'm sure we yeah. will. Yeah, I feel like could have been his backstory could have probably been dragged out over a few episodes before we had this episode, and we could have seen Roy crumble a little more that way. Um, over a few more episodes, and I think that might have been better, but I wasn't disappointed with the fact that it came out that he was an ex-vigilante and the such. I liked the way they did mm-hmm. it. I yeah, almost I wish that... that we had a tease of him being guilty less. Oh, you know what would have been better? Hmm. Instead of doing the bullshit, uh, Oliver learning how to manipulate his own memory, stupid bullshit thing, they make this week's flashbacks, uh, flashbacks to the Iron Tiger or whatever. Yeah, that would, that would have been much better. What's his name? What's his What's his superhero name again? Wildcat. Wildcat. Wildcat flashbacks instead of uh, instead of shitty China flashback. Yeah, I would have been so for that. Because then they could have kept him in the costume for a long time, and then about midway through when when he does the reveal that he was actually a vigilante for a while, you could cut right to that scene where, like, he and what's-his-name, Isaac, are, uh, are, like, going back to a thing and talking about their thing. You could have done two episodes at once. Like, it could have been six years ago episode where everything is just like it is now but with different characters. It would have blown everybody's mind. Ah, would have been so good. Damn it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Okay. That's some good thought there. I like that. Really? I like that a lot. I should write this shit. <laughs> Start applying for jobs. CW, I'm free. Well, I'm not like really free. I've got a job now, but I, I'm I'm free to do consulting if you'd like. I'm available via Skype or Twitter or. <laughs> awesome. Uh, yeah, that would have been way cool. Only problem I would have had with that is uh, I'm not a huge fan of the guy who plays Ted. No? He's okay, but he's a little wooden. That's fair, I guess. However, you know, Oliver Queen was a lot like that in early days, so... Yeah. Just needs more time and exposure, I bet. So, good stuff. good stuff. I don't know. I kind of dig him. I thought his line about Korean tacos was was spot on. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, but the vast majority, I agree with Dan. Uh, pretty average performances on his behalf. Although they did have a kick-ass fight scene. Yeah. This did. is true. And that dude seems to be like well equipped to actually like handle himself in the fight scenes. He he looks like the kind of guy that would go and get get in a few scraps like in the real world, not just on a TV show. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, that, but like in in the show, they showed him saying toe to toe with Oliver, which is fantastic. Like so he's got to be good. Until he gets hit yeah. with a boxing glove era. Which makes me laugh really hard because not two episodes ago, I was like, you know, we've got. Uh, so and so training with we got Thea training with a world class uh, probably kendo, and we've got Roy training with world class uh, mixed martial arts or whatever. And then you have uh, Laurel training with some boxer guy, but it turns out he's actually also world class boxer guy. So mm-hmm. there you go. <laughs> and so then Felicity does sit ups. Yeah, <laughs> ten of them. Maybe. I'm dubious if she actually got to 10. (laughs) I mean, I'm sure that she can actually get to 10, but like the way that that her character said 10, it made me me feel like she was lying about it. Yeah. (laughs) She got to 10 counting by threes. (laughs) That's difficult. Three, (laughs) six, 10. Yes. 
you go you go by twos. Up one, down two, up three, <laughs> down four. Okay, I'm done. Sorry, moving on. Uh, funny. Yeah, I don't know. Not a ton else to say about the main plot. Uh, we got to see Roy do a lot of kicks, kick-ass stuff. There was mm-hmm. one point where he did this weird, like, barrel roll cartwheel thing to kick a gun out of his hands, and I'm like, yeah, why? All the boxes flip. Yeah, it was awesome. It was a really cool maneuver. Very pretty. Maybe a little unnecessary. I don't know. Yeah. Well, it goes with um, Roy's whole parkour thing, which he's done since since he, we were introduced to him. He's always kind of done parkour in his fights, so it makes sense that he does all the, the pretty flips and shit. That's fair, I guess, yeah. yeah. It just wouldn't make sense why anyone would do that. So, I don't know. Because it looks stylish, Dan. It looks stylish. And well, it's, it's the Capoeira principle. Like, you don't see a barrel roll sidekick thing every day. You don't know how to react to it. That's true. Like, what the fuck is he doing? Why is he? <laughs> nope. Oh, God, I'm kicked in the face. No. <laughs> Not again. Yeah, Game over. I see a guy do that in a fight. I'm going to want and sh- want to stop and shake his hand because that looked awesome. And then I get the shit kicked out of me. Yeah, but told I'd probably just get the shit kicked out of me whether he did that or not. You know what Bruce Lee would say about that? Put him no. in the put him in the wounded crane. I don't know enough Bruce Lee. Oh, sorry. It's a it's I think it's a reference to uh like if technique only gets you so far if you're focusing on your technique too much you can be put off of it. Like any little thing that puts you off your technique ruins your fight. Okay. That makes sense. So if someone goes into a crane stance and you attack the knee, then they can't be in their crane stance. <sighs> so if he's doing crazy flippy shit, then kick him while he's doing crazy flippy shit. <laughs> <laughs> Noted. All right. Hey, can I ask you a question? You just did. Kidding. What? You know how to do a blood test, right? I know just enough to make me dangerous, and well, me holding a syringe, well, that makes me more dangerous. Why? I need you to test my blood. For what? And don't say STDs, because that would be crossing a line. For Mirakuru. I don't need to check you for traces of Mirakuru. You were cured. I know, I... This is about your sleep problems. Mirakuru makes people crazy strong and crazy crazy. It doesn't make it hard for them to get eight hours. Could you just... Are you okay? I mean, besides the whole not sleeping thing. Totally. I'm fine. I'm just looking for reasons to help me sleep, you know? Okay. Let's move on to uh, character stuff. I mean, we already talked about Roy. Um, Let's see. I guess we can just talk about the title, which was aptly... Titled Guilty. Who does it refer to? Is it Roy or is it Ted? What? Technically neither. Exactly. In the end, no one was guilty. Well, except for his sidekick from many years ago who was very guilty. Well, and Roy a little bit, but he's not guilty of what he thinks he's guilty of. Exactly. So, just a good, good title that lets you... Think about who's guilty. Um, just, yeah. Yeah, thinking about it, there wasn't much character development this episode. Um, Diggle had none. Felicity had none. Laurel had a little. Uh, Roy kind of had some, but not much. Yeah, his was, was not so much development as just a bit of catharsis and, you know, remembering how shitty things were when he was in Mirakuru mode. I know that Laurel's journey at this point is knowing what to do in the moment, like her ability to stay calm under pressure and make phone calls and get the people who can save the day to the point place where they can save the day is cool. But I keep wanting her to throw a punch. She's learning how to throw a punch. She should punch someone. It'll come. 
Uh, no, I'm excited for it. I um I follow her on Instagram and she looks like a beast at the moment. Like she's really taking like weight training very seriously. I wonder if the reason that I bet here's my question. Oliver knew or at least had an inkling that it wasn't Roy, but did know that he'd killed that um, police officer. But he also couldn't tell Laurel that. And here's why. This is my theory. Um, for her, the daughter of a police officer, for Roy to say, oh, I didn't kill Laurel. I actually just killed a random cop. It's almost as bad. Yeah. Because she, she said in previous episodes to her dad, like, I worry that you go out, you're not going to come back. Yeah. Yeah. This is true. And it, it's really nice that they actually brought that back and are dealing with the, at least the moral resonance from that event. Because it, it really was kind of a throwaway moment back then. I mean, yeah. Not really throw away, but we didn't really see any repercussions from it because Roy just kept rampaging. And yeah. They were just trying to stop Roy and not, you know, let him. Yeah, I see what you're talking about now. So. Was, actually, was this the first time we've had a flashback into something we've already seen? Uh, Maybe. They flash back to the boat several times. The Sarah getting sucked out to sea. Yeah. Oh, that's. Apart from that, though, I don't think there's not been anything huge. We've seen Sarah getting arrows in the guts four or five times now. This is also true. Everything bad yes. happening to Sarah, we get flashbacked to a lot. That's how they keep um that actress in the TV show without paying her. There you go. So, yeah, I mean, there's been a few, but nothing like this far back or um, important to the plot, I would say. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, and most of the other flashback kind of things are in the last week on Arrow or previously on whatever. Yeah, they don't count as flashbacks. That's exactly. a recap. Sweet. Well? Well, it's like I said, he didn't do it. Why would a mass murderer string up a body in his gym? Ted caters to a pretty rough clientele. A lot of career criminals, gangbangers. He runs afoul of one every now and again. He thinks someone was trying to send him a message. Who? He says he doesn't know. I want to talk to him. About this case or me? Two weeks ago, I said I wouldn't train you to fight. Now you have a trainer. Who's training me to box, to let off some steam. I think I have a pretty good reason to have some. Keep your eyes open with this guy. He didn't do this. Just the same. All right, well, uh, comic book things. We already talked about Roy being called Arsenal. Yeah. That was really nice, actually. I really... Yeah, I thought it was a. I thought it was a slick. Like they almost use as a throwaway, but people who know knew. Yeah, and I only noticed because we've talked about it in the past. Is where the red arrow is sometimes known as, et cetera, et cetera. Exactly. It definitely was not as heavy-handed as it almost should have been due to this show and its nature and its past. Kind of surprised at how smoothly they worked it in. Well, and they also haven't gone to the point where they're just calling him the Green Arrow. This is true. But whenever... Okay, here's my other problem right now with what's going on in the series. Uh, John Diggle is in, a, is in a hockey mask. Roy and Oliver are in masks with hoods and makeup to try and hide their identity. And they're talking about their plan. And Oliver goes, Roy! <laughs> Get in the game. It's like, stop stop using my real name. And then, like, she, uh, it happens again later when they're standing outside of the police fucking building. 
and uh, Laurel comes out, and Oliver's just standing there, and he pulls his hood down, and they start having a conversation. Like, he's not just standing there in arrow garb with quiver and bow in hand. Yeah, and he pulls down his hood before he sees it's Laurel. Oh, my God. Yeah, there were, there were a couple times where I'm like, you you don't even care anymore, do you? Like, you just, you're just okay with people knowing who you are and that you're who you are. Maybe at this point so many people do know that it just doesn't matter. Yeah. And we didn't have any Thea this week. Sorry, I just remembered that. Sorry. Yeah, zero Thea. So zero character development for Thea. Yeah. <laughs> Which is sad because I've actually enjoyed Thea so far this season. Yeah, she's been all right. Used sparingly, which is sometimes a good thing. She was so shit last season. <laughs> this is she was probably my least favorite character last season, which is saying something because Laurel was not great either. My God, I thought I thought there were moments where like I liked the I liked Laurel's acting, I think, but it it was not a part of this show. Yeah. <laughs> It was another drama. It was a different universe. But maybe that's what made it work. Maybe that's why I liked it, was because it was like they're dealing with non-superhero problems in a superhero show. I don't know. That is true. It is nice to keep it a little grounded in something we can all recognize. Yeah. Sweet. Uh... Yeah, and we also talked about the boxing glove arrow, which is our trick, trick arrow. arrow. Slash I cannot believe they let him have it. I was so happy when I saw it. I may have um, jumped out of my seat going, oh, my God, oh, my God, oh, my God. It was, it was I, good. I was sitting on a bus stop cold and waiting for a bus and angry because I had already seen two go by that were not mine. And, I, and it happened, and I literally laughed out loud. And this nice Asian couple sitting next to me looked at me funny and us. Brilliant. I ignored them. It was fun. It was good times. Sweet. All right. Uh, one last note. Uh, when the big fight scene where before Roy jumps in and beats the crap out of Isaac, they're driving and Isaac leans out of the car to shoot at Roy. And so Laurel just swerves the car and he falls out of the back seat. It's like that's this beautiful J turn where she just so good kicks the brakes and spins it out and turns it around and it explodes the car. Yeah. But that's oh, a smart What's move. A oh sorry, it wasn't a J turn, you're right. But it was like a handbrake it was like a headbrake sliding turn. Yeah. The J turn the J turns when you're backing up and then you slam on your you turn the wheel real hard and you spin around. Oh, okay. Yeah, no, I was impressed by that like little driving maneuver, actually. I forgot about that. But yes, that was impressive. And Oliver's like uh, motorcycle stumble. I'm surprised he's not breaking his arm more often. Uh, I'm surprised I haven't tried to just knock him off his bike. It makes sense. Yeah. Also, you notice that his bicycle rig, like they did a nice little quick panoramic shot of it, but his bicycle rig has a, a latch in point for his bow on the handlebar. Yeah. That is smart. That is detail. I love it. It's those kinds of details that restore my faith in an episode that isn't particularly strong. Right, mm. yeah. It just it felt lazy. It was a filler. This was an absolute filler episode. Yeah. Because uh, only... it progresses over the main story arc, which is working out Sarah's murder. I guess it kind of did with the Roy thing, but it was so poorly done that it may as well, well have not. The the other thing that the other thing that can be said about this episode is that anything that happened that was of consequence was was rectified by the end of the episode. Roy finds out he's Sarah's killer, and then, well, maybe not. <laughs> Yeah. No, he's just some police officer's killer. And Laurel Ted Grant is a killer. Oh, wait, no. Ted Grant is not a killer. It was his yeah, partner. Well, it finds out Ted murdered a guy. Oh, no. He was just taking the fall to protect somebody else. Um, Felicity realizes Roy still has Mira Crew and he says, oh, no, wait, no, he doesn't. No. That's uh, also not true. Pentatively not true. It's mm. basically just the entire X Men movie franchise. <laughs> Stuff happens. Oh, wait. No, it doesn't. 
So, yeah. Decent episode, just not. Right. Cyclops is alive? Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> good filler, I would say. This is good. I, I enjoyed the episode. I always enjoy the episode. Yeah. Uh, I, I've, I've, I don't rate it that highly. It's probably one of my least favorite episodes to date. I would agree with that, but it, I mean, it wasn't painful to watch or anything. No, that's true. It wasn't like some of the other crap that I watch. Yeah. Bottom 10 for sure, though. I haven't been watching uh, Flash. Is it still good? It is still brilliant. Okay. Flash is arguably stronger at the moment. It just goes, balls out in that it's, hey, we're doing the Flash. Yeah. Also, the Felicity crossover episode was just marvelous. She's in that black dress. So good. I enjoyed that very much. <laughs> also, oh. like the character development was good, but you know her dress. Her character. Yeah, yeah, there was character development, but she rocks up in this black dress. More to the point, and it's just all kinds of lovely. I mean, her character development was all the way up her thigh and all the way down, <laughs> <laughs> all the way into the cleavage. It was wonderful. It was no, she fully developed character. Which Dude, I, I think her on the Twitter, and like her, her tweets are great, and the behind-the-scenes pictures are great. But the rabid fan base is sometimes a little off-putting because she's like, "Look, here's me with my dogs," and they're like, "Oh my god, marry me!" Oh, oh yeah, super creepy. Take off. Which reminds shoes. me, I should stop saying those things. Yeah, Chris, you're you're real. Bad Sorry for being image so of our Sorry species. For being so creepy. My bad. Uh, <laughs> Good, good, good. All right. Well, let's talk about what's coming. Wait, should we answer uh, Jeremy's questions? Yeah, we'll get there. Okay, uh, cool. The the tease at the end. We get to meet Cupid. Is Cupid actually what they're going to call her, or is she just... She's from the comics. And her name is Cupid in the her comics? Her name is Cupid in the that's dumb and she's an obsessive fangirl who thinks that she should be oliver queen's sidekick shut Green up Arrow's that sidekick. legit mm-hmm. and uh, so there's uh i haven't read the stuff in a while but it, it's really fun and kind of ridiculous but uh she she kind of makes herself a rival of black canary because she wants She's so obsessed with Green Arrow, she wants to be Black Canary. But isn't isn't that sort of the same story arc as the Huntress? Um, no. I mean, Huntress is with Batman in, in the comics, typically, so maybe... Well, it's the, our, our version of the Huntress, then. Mm, not so like, really. I like that Huntress. I don't know. The plays of I kind of blocked those episodes out of my memory. <laughs> but yeah, so basically her she sets herself up as a rival for Black Canary. So, she could be the killer. She could be and it and she would be an archer of a different relative strength and a different relative height. And it, yeah. she has motive, not great motive, not sane motive, but she has motive. Self-inflicted, and it's there. And she is very cute. Exactly. I'm currently stalking her on uh, IMDb right now while we talk. Yeah, she's cute. She's done next to nothing in terms of like past projects, but that's yeah. most of the people on on our show right now, right? Yeah. Most of the guests that I see on that show, I've seen on Grimm, I've seen on Supernatural, I've seen on a whole ton of other things. Our, our, they, our main characters, like Stephen Amell. Well, I, I used to watch Teen Wolf, so I know Roy from there. Uh, um, what's her name? Thea from OC. It's alright to watch Teen Wolf. You don't have to... You don't have to... You don't have to front. It's all right. You're among friends. <laughs> this is a safe place. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> all right. One more tidbit, and then we'll answer some questions. I'm on the Wikipedia page for Cupid, and it's telling me that 
before she gets introduced at the end, she can be spotted in among the crowd in Ted's gym after the first murder and walking well, away from Diggle's van. So they totally seed her throughout the episode. Which is super <laughs> cool. I want to go back and watch again. Yeah. I might have to do that after this. Awesome. Also, I have to go give it a proper watch because the first time I watched was on my iPhone while I was freezing cold. The city's been hurting long before you showed up. I've never heard of another vigilante in Sterling. It was six years ago. I wasn't news. I stuck to the glades. And these are supposed to convince me? Masks are also useful for serial killers. Says a guy currently wearing one. Who's that? I don't know. I've never seen him before in my life. But this was hung around the body that was found in my gym. The key is to the storage locker. He's leaving me a trail to follow. Who is? Whoever set me up. Look, I've never killed anyone. Except for that drug dealer that you beat to death six years ago. That was a mistake. I may have avoided jail, but I have lived with the guilt of that man's death every single day of my life. I gave it all up after that. I locked this place up and I swore I'd never open it again. Yeah, that'll do it. All right, let's go ahead and discuss some questions. Question one. When will the true killer of Sarah be revealed? I'm guessing mid-season break. By then, yes. Um, possibly yeah. next episode, if what I'm saying is correct, or if my theory is correct. Uh, I believe it's going to be the mid-season break because I think it might be the final arc leading into the end of the, of the third season. Like, it might be a linchpin for the, the grand machination before we start doing roller coasters again. Yeah. Well, um, so we've got one more episode, and then there's the crossover with The Flash. And oh, then, another crossover episode? Damn. Yeah. And then there's one more episode, and that's the mid-season break. So there's three episodes before we break. So, so that's a pretty safe bet then. Yeah, I would say definitely in the next three episodes. Cool. Uh, when will Marcelo's wife, Katana, re- reveal her wilder side? I don't know what that necessarily means. Because uh, Katana is a character who's awesome at the sword. Surprisingly, a sword. That is not right. actually. Uh, I don't know. At some point in time, it'll probably be to protect her son. That'd be my guess. Yes, I. Yeah. I'm gonna say mid-season break. Uh, she might. We we might get a tease of it by mid-season break. Uh, if they gotta start doing something interesting with that fucking flashback series, because exactly matters right now. I imagine that they're gonna start teasing that at the end of the mid-season break, and then that's gonna be. A driving force on the back 12 or 13. Um, what role can Roy now play in future vigilantism? Uh, I would go with uh, the uh, resident emo guy who's all like, man, I killed a cop. My guess is business as usual because at the end of this episode when the chips were down and he was AWOL, it was like, oh, we need someone to kick the crap out of a dude? I can do that. Um, so I don't think his role is going to change, and I think now that we know, now that Oliver knows that he wasn't actually the person who killed Sarah, I think Laurel and Diggle are going to have to come to terms with that because he didn't. But we all knew that he had killed the cop. Did did Laurel and Diggle know that he had killed the cop? I mean, I know Laurel doesn't, but maybe Diggle did. I assume Diggle did. I think yeah. he's just going to bam it up a notch, though. Like, I don't know why. I feel like this is going to be his driving force to, you know, really try and right his wrong. Yeah, it's going to be his his uh, Wayne family murder. It's going to be what he wants to atone for. Yeah. Uh, <clears throat> will Chris O'Neill ever forgive Arrow writers for not giving John Diggle nunchucks? but including the boxing glove for the show. So here's a quick <coughs> clarification. It's actually Laurel and I who want the air, the, the nunchucks to show up. So I think uh, Chris has already forgiven them for not putting nunchucks into the show. 
I think Laurel at this Mangle. point we all Mangle. want nunchucks. I think Chris <laughs> will Chris. just lose the bet. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, I I'm okay with getting rid of the bet at so long as nunchucks happen. I wouldn't even care about getting beer at that point. Laurel will probably burn me at the stake for saying this, but if the nunchucks happened, I'd be much happier than than having the beer. Like I would buy beer so that we could raise a toast to it. Would happen. <laughs> Yeah, I would, um, no, I'm a man of my word. If the nunchucks appear, there will be beer. <laughs> You've heard it right here. Put it on a shirt. Put it on a fucking shirt. <laughs> oh, um, man, I'm designing that shirt tomorrow. Do it. Or the fans can design the shirt and send it to me so I can wear it. <laughs> that way I get free clothes and they get nothing. They <laughs> get they get the grat they they get the gratitude and the the gratification of knowing that a man in Australia is wearing a shirt with nunchucks on it. Yeah. Uh, my size is extra oh medium. You know what would be amazing if they design the shirt and the shirt goes viral and they put it in the show. Ah! <laughs> that would be cool. Totally gonna happen because of all the producers who listen to this podcast. Yep. I swear to God, I'm designing that shirt. If you don't see that up in the next few days, it's because I am busy with work. But awesome, whale. That should That's the end of the. One. The last thing I want to go back to is the yet another character using a bow and arrow. It's enough to make her. Is uh Jeremy's actual words? I I agree. When are we gonna run out of people who use bow and arrows? In, in lore, like, are we going to have to continue to make up people who use bow and arrows? We're actually getting to the end of any of the big ones. That capacity, really? Yeah. It's crazy. It's crazy stuff. So, yeah, I mean, yeah. there's always, like, one-offs and everything that you could toss in there, but, yeah. Sweet. Well, as always, thank you for listening. If you want to leave us feedback, you can do so by going to roguearrow.blogspot.com. You can also shoot us an email at arrowpodcast at gmail.com. Like us on Facebook and um, rate and review us on iTunes if I ever get this thing back up and running. Yeah, we have to talk about that from my other podcast too. Oh, I have another podcast. Yeah, Rudy has another podcast. I started a podcast with my friend Alan called uh, The Mistakes Were Made Podcast. It's mostly focusing on our trials and tribulations as uh, Malifaux players. Nice. As what players? Malifaux players. It's a miniatures board game. So like uh, Warhammer or anything like that. I saw them playing that down at PAX the other week. Yeah. Yeah, you did. I'm wearing my PAX t-shirt right now. Coincidentally. All right. So join us next week for episode titled Draw Back Your Bow. And remember, if the nunchucks appear, there will be beer. <laughs> I look forward to this shirt actually appearing, people. Oh, my God. I want it. <sighs> I killed him. Police officer, why didn't you tell me? Because you were overdosed on Marukuru, you didn't remember, and I was hoping that you never would. But then Felicity told me you had the dream that you killed Sarah, and I realized... It was a memory. I think because of the way Sarah was murdered, the fact they used arrows brought it to the surface. So I didn't kill Sarah? No. But I am a murderer. Roy, no, it's... I just need to be alone for a while. Podcast is an autological media productions podcast. Leave us feedback at roguearrow.blogspot.com or shoot us an email at arrowpodcast at gmail.com. 
please like us on Facebook and rate and review us on iTunes. And if you'd want to check out our other shows, go to almproductions.net. As always, thank you for listening. I'm ready. Are you ready? Uh, yes, yes, sir. Okay. Do you want me to do the the questions last, right? I go through the thing and then I come back for the questions. All right, cool. Uh, hi, this is Rudy as Jeremy from Melbourne, Australia, with a recap of this week's episode six of season three of the CW show Arrow. Tonight's episode is called Guilty. The, op- the episode opens with Ollie Diggle and not quite with it Roy investigating a factory or warehouse where they are about five to ten violent gang members already dead and the world guilty written on the ground in blood. Someone is an ultra mean vigilante. Flashback to Hong Kong where whiny Ollie and his minder, his minder, yeah, I guess that's a word, uh, minder Maceo are discussing China White. A guy they are watching has info that they need on her. Somehow the guy they are stalking spots the only beefed-up, long-haired Anglo guy in the otherwise Asian-filled streets of inner Hong Kong, and the chase is on. The, that's pretty clever. Uh, the guy they are chasing is hit by a car but doesn't have the info that they need. He must have stashed it somewhere. But where? Back to present day. And a toned-up Laurel is trading jabs with Ted Grant. Roy is told to take a rest by Ollie, which kind of looks like oily. I need to get my glasses checked. Uh, and then Roy tells Felicity about his dream of killing Sarah. Ollie is after the vigilante and uh, and finds who he's looking for. Only problem is, oh yeah, he's dead, hanging upside down inside Ted's boxing gym. Laurel says it couldn't have been Ted because she has been with him for the last couple of hours, if you know what I mean. Back in Hong Kong, uh, and Ollie is chatting with Maceo's son, probably the only character more annoying than Wingy Whiny Ollie. Wingy is not a word we have in America, but we'll deal with it. Uh, we find that Amanda Weller will release Maceo from his contract once China White is captured. Maceo's wife, Katana, uh, doesn't like Ollie and tells him to stay away from her son. She helps him remember if he saw the vital piece of information during the chase earlier. Ollie chases another suspect and finds himself in a fight with Ted Grant. An arrow accidentally lands in a boxing glove, and the best gag in history of comic books heroes finds its way onto our TV screens when the boxing glove trick arrow is used and knocks Ted down. Ted reveals that he used to be a vigilante, just like our Ollie. Felicity, blah, 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 scrolling down. Felicity tells Roy that she performed a virtual autopsy on Sarah's body, and the angle and force of the arrows match Roy's height and Mira Cruz traits, which matches Roy's memory. Dun, bum, bum. Ted and Ollie get attacked by a new vigilante. Turns out that was Ted's old partner or Ted's old Roy, as he puts it. Well, he says red arrow hood guy thing. Uh, Ted gets arrested by police at the end as the circumstantial evidence is just too much for them to ignore. But at least Ollie knows it wasn't Ted. Roy tells Diggle, Laurel, and Ollie that it was Roy who killed Sarah, and our gang has a CW moment as emotions rule the next couple of minutes of screen time. Laurel even says the line, I, I, just, I just can't even, I just, I can't process this right now. Ollie plays Papa Bear and lets Laurel's mind back on track, dealing with who set up Ted. Laurel speaks to a locked-up Ted, and he reveals ke- the, the killer is Ted's old apprentice, Isaac Stansler. After Isaac went too far six years ago, Ted cut him loose. And get used to that phrase, because we heard it four or five times this episode. Now Diggle suggests to Ollie that he cuts Roy loose for the second time this episode. It's a, it's a pattern. Laurel tells Ted, takes Ted away from the police station, and approximately five seconds later, outside the police station, Isaac abducts them both with a gun. In an explosion-filled drive, conveniently relayed via mobile phone to the Arrow Cave, Diggle and Ollie combined to try to take down Isaac. It was like a robot. They were like... <laughs> <laughs> but it's Roy who takes down Isaac with some unnecessary flips and shit, and he uses a controlled amount of rage to take out Isaac. Ollie again asks Ted to stay away from Laurel. Ted says the decision is for Laurel to make. I'm thinking it's a good decision would be for Laurel to fight crime in a bikini, but we won't always get what we want. Roy tells Ollie he's going to turn himself in for Sarah's murder. Ollie uses his new retconned ability for memory-remembering meditation to show Roy that it wasn't him who killed Sarah, but in fact he did kill a policeman while jacked up on Mira crew. As our episode finishes, Hong Kong Winji Ali finds the info and photoshops it to reveal that they are now looking for Lee Kuan Hui. Laurel returns to the gym and spouts some more CW-approved line. Basically, she's back in the game. And our final scene reveals the new villainess. And while her character is probably based on the most famous Archer character in the history of man, yet another character is using a bow and arrow. Is it just enough for me? Ah! Ah! actually what it says in there. Uh, 
Um, that's that's the transcript. It does say it's just enough for me. So that, of course, leaves us with some questions, such as, when will the true killer of Sarah be revealed? When will Maceo's wife, Katana, reveal her wilder side? Wink. Uh, phrasing. Wh what role can Roy now play in future vigilantism? And will Diggle and Laurel accept this bullshit? And will Chris O'Neill ever forgive Arrow Riders for not giving John Diggle nunchucks, but including a boxing glove arrow in the show? All of this and more in this week's episode of a little podcast we like to call Rogue Arrowed. Awesome. Fuck. Thanks, Rick. It's been a little while since I had to muster that. That's a... Uh... Tough. I forgot. It's all right. We'll fix it in post. I'll uh, toss in an Australian accent on right. there. And... Oh, yeah. Just yeah. Uh, just put me through an Australian filter. Yeah. Perfect. That'd be great. Yeah. Also, Rudy, it's Melbourne. Spelt Melbourne, but Melbourne. Melbourne? Is it like yep. saying uh, Louisville? Yeah. Okay, Melbourne. You kind of have to swallow when you say Louisville. Louisville. Sort of like you're gargling some testicles. <clears throat> um, yes, exactly. Maturity, On that note, gotta earn that maturity. <laughs> yeah, explicit tag. Here we come. <laughs>